Hey, hey, Jesus people. Welcome back to season 2024 of Keto in Christ. I'm your host, Andrea Curry, and I am so excited to jump right in and get started on this new year journey with you. As always, let's open in prayer and bring this episode before the Lord. Father God, I just thank you, Lord, for this platform, for this time together. I pray for the other person on the other side of this screen, Lord, that they would just take this time to seek you, Lord Jesus, both while they're here together with me in this podcast and also, Lord, when they are alone, Lord God, that they would seek your word, that they would seek your truth, and they would seek your direction in in their lives, Lord. Use this uh, time together as you will. Let your will be done through the words that we speak and we share together. In your holy name, Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. So before we jump into anything, I would always love to open up with a scripture verse. And the one that I have on my heart today comes from the book of Job. And I just got this new Bible for Christmas. um, And this was the first verse that it opened up to um, when I opened it up to start studying. And it's in Job chapter 7, verse 17 and 18. What is man that you make so much of him, and that you set your heart on him? Visit him every morning and test him every moment. What a beautiful, beautiful thing to think just how much, how vast the thoughts of God are towards us. And the fact that he sets his heart on us. He sent his 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 son. to die for us, to be able to give us an opportunity to have relationship with him. That's how much his heart is set on us, that he went throughout all of history and had this plan from the very beginning of time. Once sin had entered the world and brought us away from God, he had it planned to bring us right back into union with him. How amazing that he thinks so much of us when we are just so puny and so small in terms of the vastness of this universe. Um, I've been really contemplating what I want to do in this new year when it comes to, you know, my walk and my relationship with God um, and just my life in general. So so this is called Keto in Christ, right? So let's start out with the keto portion um, as we did in the first season you know, I am still living that low carb lifestyle. Um, and currently I am working on getting past the hurdle of my carb, uh, temptation. I don't know. I, my carb craving, there you go. That's the word I was looking for. Um, and working on just being able to discipline myself in that area. And I'm working on that with God because I know that he cares not only about the big things in our life, but also these little things. And I want my body to honor him. Now, keto may not work for everyone. The reason that I am focused in on it, um, and if you want more details on this, you could watch the first episode of Keto in Christ. I I share more about the testimony, how I ended up coming to keto. Um, But it was through a long process of prayer and going before the Lord and just begging him for something that worked for me Um, and knowing that I needed his direction and help with that. And that's how I ended up with keto. And when I started on it, my diabetes was out of control. It is now very much in control and still in control. But um, I still want to get to the point where I could totally get off of my diabetic medications and reverse that process. And so I'm bringing it to the Lord once again, asking him for his help in disciplining us. 
you know, it talks about in, in the word, the gifts of the spirit. And one of the, the gifts of the spirit, um, and it's in Galatians chapter five or six, I believe, where it talks about um, the fruits of the spirit. One of those is self-discipline. And um, one of my focuses this year, I have a few goals for the new year as we all might, um, is to work on my self-discipline in um, two major areas when it comes to my health. And that's in being consistent with my diet is the first one. And the second one is to be consistent in my workouts. Now, um, if you follow me on Instagram or, you know, if you've been around for a long time in my life, you probably know that I love to work out. I love to lift. I love to be in the gym. Um, but I oftentimes have my priorities skewed in different directions and my health and particularly my workouts usually fall on the back burner. Um, but in wanting to commit my body to, to Christ and wanting to do these things, you know, and having him help me with my health, those things need to shift, um, in priority. So this year, that is what I am focusing on in the beginning of this year is getting a routine that sticks when it comes to my diet and my workout. Um, <clears throat> with that, uh, there is a three week period um, that I need to go through when it comes to being on keto and getting rid of those carb desires. If I could be on strict keto for a period of three weeks or more, obviously I'm shooting for more, but if I can maintain it for just three weeks, which is just 21 days, the same amount of time as a Daniel fast, right? So <laughs> these are the thoughts that I have going through my head as I was thinking about all this. Um, if I could just focus on those 21 days on committing my body to Christ and, and using keto as a tool to do that, um, I could break past these carb cravings and discipline my body in that way. So that's, that's my, one of my, um, main focuses, um, for the beginning of this year. Um, it is January 15th right now. So this is starting tomorrow. So tomorrow, January 16th, um, and on, wait, or is today the, hold on. Yes. Today is the 15th. I had to double check, you know, um, sometimes I get my dates wrong. So starting tomorrow, um, I'm going to be focusing on the next 21 days working with God on curbing that carb craving during that same time. I'm working on focusing on just getting to the gym twice a week. After those 21 days, I would like to double that to be there four times a week, but I'm taking it one day at a time. So it might go to three days and then to four days. But so in terms of the keto portion, that's what I'm going to be focusing on. Um, I do have a uh, recipe that I had prepared to share back in November that I never got the opportunity to get to in terms of editing and everything. So um, that will be coming out and posting soon. And then I will be posting more videos on my YouTube channel of different recipes, different meal prep plans that I do in order to help me stay consistent. Um, so you could check that out on my YouTube page. That'll be coming up soon. By the end of this month, that baking video will be up and loaded. Um, I had a little bit of an issue, um, from November through, through to December, 
um, where I was dealing with some mental health issues is the best way to kind of phrase it and getting up the energy to um, edit videos and, and, you know, work on this podcast um, just wasn't happening. And, you know, I, I brought it before the Lord and I just really just rested in him throughout that period of time. It was difficult for me to get the energy up. I've, I've shared before that I have PTSD um, and I've battled with depression over the years. <clears throat> so I was kind of like in this point where I was just in a standstill um, and as far as my energy. And I was just leaning in God to help me to get through each day. And he did um, in some magnificent ways too. I mean, he made so many magnificent things happen when I was in such a weak place. Um, but part of being able to commit to those other things that he had me walking in was kind of letting this podcast go to the side. And, you know, I'm sharing that to say that that's, that's okay. You know, um, I'm not upset that I did that. It was what I needed to do at the time in order to be able to focus on the bigger picture of what God was calling me to. And that's why this verse, oh no, my Bible. That's why this verse in particular <laughs> was so meaningful to me during that period of time when I opened up this Bible and I thought about just how much God has set his heart on me um, and how much he has loved me and cherished me even throughout that time when I felt like I was falling flat and I wasn't good enough for him. He was still there with me. He was ever present in my time of need. And um, he was speaking to me through all of these things and even working things out in my life that I didn't think were going to work out. Um, I got my driving license finally on December 22nd. And even that was just a mighty move of his hand. Um, nothing seemed to be going right with it. Nothing seemed to be getting scheduled in the time frame that I wanted it to be. And I just kept praying. And I was like, you know what, Lord, for whatever reason you're delaying this, that's fine. I commit this onto you. The reason I want a license is so that way I could glorify you with my car, with my vehicle, so that way I could have more opportunities to go out and evangelize and go wherever it is that you want to call me to go. So this is all in your hands. Um, it was frustrating, but every time I got frustrated, I went back to him and just gave it to him again um, and just continued to tell him, you know what, Lord, this is in your hands. I know that you are going to plan it out. I would like my license before the end of 2023, but if it ends up being 2024, well, it's still a blessing, and I thank you for that. So anyway, this was the process of prayer that I was going through, and it was weeks and weeks of frustration. You know, I had started planning out getting my license back in August. September, I went for my five-hour um, driving course, and I passed that. That was fine. And then it was just a matter of scheduling my lessons and my road test. And it just kept getting pushed back. I must have called the place uh, a half a dozen times, asking them, what's going on with my scheduling? You know, I paid you this money. <laughs> what is happening? And each time they would tell me, oh, well, there's issues in scheduling. We'll, you know, schedule you over the next six weeks. Um, we'll call you back. I never received a call back. What did happen was one day I'm sitting at home. And I had decided to work from home that morning. It was a Tuesday and I typically would go into the office on Tuesdays 
And that morning I woke up and I won't say that I do this all the time because I really don't. <laughs> sometimes I wake up and I change the day that I work in the office. But sometimes when I do that, I wake up and I pray and I ask God if I should stay home. And this was one of those Tuesdays where I prayed and I was like, okay, Lord, should I work from home today or should I go into the office? And I kind of felt at peace with working from home. So I stayed there and in comes this email that I had my first driving lesson that afternoon at 3 p.m. And had I been in the office, I would have had to cancel it because there was no way I could make it home from my office on the other side of the island to here for 3 p.m. So that was a mighty move of God right there. And from there, the whole thing just escalated so quickly. And after that week passed, that following Friday, December 22nd, I took my road test and I passed. Um, and I just kind of look at that as God giving me kind of like a little wink and letting me know that he was with me, that he was planning it all along and that he kind of gave me a little Christmas gift. Um, so that was really a beautiful moment for me and seeing how much God really does care about us, even in this verse, right? What is man that you make so much of him and that you set your heart on him? You know, what does it mean to set something? You know, there's many different definitions to this. And I, I enjoyed every single one of them. I feel like could be attributed to how God looks at us. Um, to set um, your sight on something or to set something up um, is to instruct. It's to establish, plant, to cause something, to put or bring to a specified state, fix on something intentionally, to set a heart, have a strong desire for or to do something. So when God sets his heart on us, he has a strong desire for what he wants to do and for, for us and what he wants to do through us in our lives. And I think that that's just something um, so beautiful. And God is just so good. <laughs> um, I'm just reading over my notes from when I was studying out that scripture. And, you know, Psalm 6, um, 2 just kind of jumps out to me. Um, speaking of that season that I was going to, you know, um, there's this verse um it says, heal me, O Lord, for my bones are troubled. Um, and in my note to that, I just said, in my deepest pain, I trust you. That was my prayer to him. I was just saying, you know what, Lord, even in the midst of all of this, I trust you. I know that you are here. I know that you are working. And that was kind of my prayer all throughout that season um, where I was just feeling very down um, and not being able to, to get out of it. You know, God has given me so much joy in my life. I'm a very happy person. <laughs> pretty much 99% um, of the time, except for the times where um, I have this kind of happen to me. And whether it's related to the PTSD or the depression or whether it's the enemy attacking me, um, all of the above are valid. There are times where I get that feeling and I just start rebuking the enemy because I'm like, no, this is not of God. This is not something that he is about. This is not just because of you know, my mental health. This is, this is the enemy coming to taunt me and play with me. And I rebuke the enemy in the name of Jesus. And that spirit of heaviness flees from me, um, instantaneously. But then there's other times where that feeling doesn't leave immediately. And it's in those seasons where I have to lean in on God even more. And I think about Paul talking about, um, the thorn in the side that he had, 
and how he had went to God so many times asking for it to, to flee. Um, but he recognized that even though it wasn't leaving, that God is made stronger in his weaknesses. And when I go through those seasons, that's that story is just always prevalent on my mind because I'm a big believer in God could do miracles. He could do anything. He could heal people. I've seen it in my own life. I watched him raise my brother from the dead right before my very own eyes. So I have no doubts. <laughs> I don't lack faith that if I just touch the hem of my father's garment, he can remove from me and heal me of any ailment that I possess. But I also know that there are certain things that linger and even through that, God could show us how he is there for us in that pain and how his strength is made stronger in our weaknesses. Um, a long time ago, when I used to really battle with my depression, when I was first saved and everything, I used to feel so ashamed to talk about these seasons of sadness that I had. And, you know, it was very much, um, I was surrounded by a lot of people at that time that believed, well, okay, well you shouldn't be feeling this way. If you're, if you're saved, then you should just have joy. And, you know, I did have joy. It wasn't a matter of God not being my joy. Um, but it was a matter of this deep sadness and, and, you know, just this darkness that I had hanging over me that wouldn't leave. And in him, I found my rest In him. I found guidance. Um, but, you know, it's it's a lot more complicated than just saying, okay, well, if you prayed, then you shouldn't feel like this anymore. Because some things we need to bring to God persistently in prayer. And I have. Over the years, I've come to God over and over again, um, begging him to just remove this these feelings from me. Never allow me to go back into these states. Um, and despite the fact that I believe that he could heal me from just a touch of his garment, um... I still go through these periods and in those periods I praise him because I know that he is still standing right by my side and guiding me through it. Um, but back in the beginning of my walk, when I would go through these things, I would feel ashamed to talk to anybody about it because I felt like somehow I was failing God. Um, but you know, I thank God for his word and for like just the, the things that are in there because you know, there were a lot of people in the Bible who struggled with um, emotions and with their feelings. And one of them was, you know, Ezekiel. Um, and uh, I'm sorry, not Ezekiel, Elijah, right? So Elijah was running from all these people that were killing all these prophets. And he was so exhausted. He was so dumbfounded. This can be found in First Kings 19 that he actually told God to end his life. He was like, I can't live anymore. Just take me up. Just kill me now. And God comes to him and says, what are you doing here? You know, he flees to this mountain. He isolates himself. I mean, if I've ever seen anything that like kind of describes depression in the Bible, it is definitely the story of Elijah. He isolates himself from everyone, goes up into this mountain alone, and he is just distraught. He is so upset. He thinks that he's going to get murdered. He thinks that there's no way out of his situation. He feels completely hopeless. And God shows up on this mountain and says, what are you doing here? Um, and he addresses Elijah's feelings in, in several different ways. He never takes the feeling away. He doesn't just remove 
this sadness and this hopelessness from Elijah. But what he does do is he, number one, addresses his exhaustion. He meets his physical needs. He tells him to go to sleep and have a, have a nap and have a snack. You know, <laughs> this is literally what God tells him to do. He goes, go to sleep, have something to eat. And then after he eats, he's still upset. God tells him, go to sleep again. And then he feeds him again um, and provides for him while he's in this isolation in this wilderness. And after he addresses his physical needs, he listens to him. He asks him why he's so upset. And he listens to Elijah explain to him his fears, his sadness, the reason why he is so grieved in his spirit and feeling so hopeless. So he listens to him. He addresses his emotional needs, his mental needs. Um, and then he gives him direction. And I don't know if a lot of people know this about like struggling with depression or when you're in that type of season. Sometimes somebody giving you the smallest task to do um, and just giving you some sort of direction that's away from uh, thinking about that feeling that you're feeling could be the most helpful thing in the entire world. Um, I don't know if he listens to my podcast, but I used to have a friend who, um, God would just kind of tell him, he, he, God would tell on me and be like, oh, she's depressed. Go, go bring her to go get a cup of coffee. And, um, <laughs> he would message me and tell me, not say, do you want to go get coffee? He would tell me, I'm on my way to your house. I'm picking you up and we're going to Starbucks. And sometimes before I would even get a chance to say no, he would tell me like, it's not optional. And just getting me out of the house, getting me to, to change and, and step out um, really helped me in those times because he gave me a direction. He gave me something to do other than just sitting there in my isolation. So God gives him direction. He tells him, look, this is what you're going to do. You're going to go over here and you're going to put your cloak on this man. And that's how you're going to anoint him, that he's going to be a prophet. Then you're going to go over here and you're going to do this thing. And then you're going to go over here. So he, he addresses his, um, you know, his need to do something, his need to kind of get out of that state. And then he gives him Alicia, you know, he gives him this other prophet in which he could have now a companion, somebody to help him. You know, um, and at first he just kind of throws the cloak on Alicia and he leaves and he tells him, no, 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 you don't need to come with me right now. But um, Alicia, it says in First Kings 19.21, it says, then he arose and went after Elijah and assisted him. So God meets all of these different needs that Elijah has in this depressed state that he's in. He doesn't just remove the feelings for him, but he addresses what he's feeling. And over and over again in my, my life with him, when I've gone through these seasons, I have to say he has always come through and addressed it. He's never left me alone sitting in it. Um, and that's what makes the major difference between battling with these things outside of God, because I came to Christ when I was 18. Um, and the first time that I ever had any sort of suicidal thoughts or any sort of depressive thoughts, I was 10 years old. Um, so I was in fifth grade thinking that, you know what, this world would be better off without me. And my depression was very long standing, even before I came to Christ. When I came into Christ, the day I got saved, he lifted the heavy weight of spiritual attack that had been on me since I was a child, 
since I was a little kid. He came in and he healed me of that. He removed from me the spirit of the enemy that was attacking me and causing me to remain in that state of depression. And I felt lighter than I ever had in my entire life. And at the time I was 400 pounds. So that's always, that always kind of makes me laugh that I can't even explain to anybody how much I felt like a feather. I felt like the lightest thing on the earth. I was so freaked out and so excited at the same time. And that's why after that, when I first got saved and everything, I would feel ashamed. I'd be like, Lord, do I not have enough faith? Do I not have enough knowledge of your word? Am I not really healed? But God did heal me. He removed from me those spirits of depression that had been on me since I was a little kid. He removed them from me. But that does not mean that my trials with that type of pain, with that type of feeling of hopelessness was over. But every time it's come to me since, he has stood by my side and assisted me in getting through it. And that's because when I'm in those seasons, similar to Elijah, I would seek him out. I would seek him out. I would want to speak to my God. I'd be like, Lord, I don't know what's going on. I don't know why I'm in this state again. You just need to help me. Help me, Lord. Help me get out of this. Though my spirit is downcast within me, I will still praise you. Every single time I was like, you know what, Lord? I have nothing else to cling to but you. You are my joy. You are my refuge. You are my strength. You're going to get me through this. I refuse to isolate. I refuse to not um, reach out and seek for help. And, you know, that's not always easy because as much as in our society, both in the church and even outside of the church, as we talk about mental health and we talk about people reaching out when they're depressed and telling people so that way people could be there for them. And you know what? I've done that over the years and I have to say it's not as easy as that. A lot of people don't know how to just be there for a friend when they're going through that season. We don't need you to tell us to just buck up and get over it. We don't need you to tell us, oh, well, if you just pray more, it'll be fine. Because in my case, at least, um, speaking for myself, I'd be praying every minute, every second, every hour, like, Lord, this is in your hands. You have it. I know you could get me out of this. And still that feeling would just not leave. Um, And I'm a person who believes in telling other people to pray for me and everything too. Sometimes we just need somebody to come alongside us and be our companion and assist us with the things that we need to accomplish right then and there at that moment. You know, um, one of the best gifts that I think that people have done for me over the years when I am struggling with that is just come and keep me company while I'm cleaning my house. Or, you know, like I mentioned before, telling me, hey, let's go get a cup of coffee. Not sitting and talking about the depression, not sitting and talking through my feelings, but just getting me to think on the things that are good. Um, And that's what going into God's word has always done for me, too, in those seasons. You know, even looking at this, um, this, this study that I did on Elijah was done during that period of time when I was going through this. And I was just resting in the fact that I knew that my God was with me. And in Isaiah 42, 16, it says, I will turn darkness before them into light. And I know every time I'm in some sort of season that seems so dark, that no matter how dark it gets, that my God will always be there to bring the light. He makes a way in the dark. Even when we cannot see or know it, he will make the darkness light. Um, And I just, I love that because sometimes... (laughs) 
you know, we just, we're going through seasons and they seem like they will never end. You know, Psalm 13 says, how long will I have sorrow in my heart? Yet I will trust in your love, Lord. My heart will rejoice in your salvation. I see how you have moved mightily in my life and I will continue to sing of you um, and to you. Um, that last part was actually added on by me. That was my prayer to him. I just realized that I was, uh, as I was reading it, I kind of paraphrased <laughs> Psalm 13 into my own words. But that was, that was my prayer to the Lord in that moment. You know, um, Lord, even in my struggle with depression, you have continued to stand by my side and work things in my favor. Thank you for being an understanding and kind God, even when I am not kind to myself. Direct me in your ways, even when I don't feel you. Because I know you are here and close to the brokenhearted. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Amen. So, you know, if you're ever feeling in that spirit, I want you to know that you are not alone and that you can go to people for help. Go to the right people for help because some people just simply don't know how to understand and understand that even if nobody else understands, <laughs> I said understand a lot um, in those few sentences, but even if nobody else understands, we have a God who understands us so well. <laughs> he understands the deep burdens in our hearts. He understands depression. He understands how to meet the needs of somebody who is in that state of hopelessness. And the same way he met Elijah on the side of that mountain, the same way that he spoke to him in a whisper, in a whisper, he spoke to Elijah. And the same way he spoke to him, he speaks to us now. And he is there for us. Um, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. It says that in Ephesians 6.10. You know, that, that has to be our hope. That has to be our foundation. Our focus always has to come back to him and who he is and the God that he is. Um, and he hasn't left us alone, you know. He gave us the Holy Spirit to guide us and to work through us, which brings me um, to one of my next goals. Um, I kind of went on a tangent there about the Lord, but amen. Um, I, I can always go on a tangent about Jesus. He's my King, my Lord, my Savior. Um, I don't think that there's anybody I like to speak about more. So <laughs> anyway, um, one of my other goals, right? So we talked about my, my health um, goals, right? So I guess we could put my mental health goals on there as well. Um, uh, as my, my goals for the new year is just focusing to continue to, um, allow God to heal me in the areas where I need healing. Um, but one of my other goals is to read more. I've always been an avid reader and it really burdens my heart that I have like a full bookshelf over here filled with books that I haven't read yet. Some of which I'm really excited to get into, like The Insanity of God. I bought that book, really determined to read it, did not read it. Um, and uh, what'd you call it? There's there's a few more. Oh my gosh. I have like a whole list of them and they my mind just went blank. But the first one that I am reading um, is this book here called Flame of Love. And it's a theology of the Holy Spirit. And I just... I am already, I, I love this book and I just want to read to you the way that they define, um, the Holy Spirit, uh, one of the ways that they define, because I mean, the whole entire book is about the Holy Spirit. So like, it's just, it's good. I suggest it, highly suggest it, but I just, what it's, bleh, I just love <laughs> what it says here about the Holy Spirit. It says spirit is essentially 
the serendipitous, oh my gosh, I can't say the word, serendipitous, oh my gosh, the, is essentially the power of creativity, which flings out a world in ecstasy and stimulates within an echo of the inner divine relationships, ever seeking to move God's plans forward. And I just love thinking of the Holy Spirit like that and how God's Holy Spirit that's always present within us when we come to salvation is always pressing us and moving us toward God's plan in our lives. You know, the Holy Spirit is our teacher. He is our corrector. He is our um, muse um, for inspiration. God gives inspiration all the time. Um, you know, it's, it's such a powerful thing to walk in the Holy Spirit and in the Holy Presence of God. And um, as I'm reading through this book, we'll go into more talks of that. But that's one of my other goals is to read 10 books this year. I'm not, not going high with the, the goal list. I don't want to say like I want to read 60 books because Lord knows my capacity to be able to do that with all of the other things I'm doing. 10 books seems very doable. Um, I already have my first five in, in line. And, um, starting out with flame of love and then moving on from there. So that's one of my other goals. And I feel like all the goals that I'm listing are very, um, obtainable. None of them are like resolutions. Cause I feel like resolutions are typically things that people plan out that are very far fetched. They're very out of reach for what they can actually do within their capacity. So I didn't want to do that to myself. So I listed off to myself some very good obtainable goals. Some of those goals are a little bit more fun. Like I want to learn some new things. So I'm still trying to learn Portuguese. Um, it's difficult when you don't have somebody who could speak to you in it on a constant basis, but I'm still committed to learning it. I got some books about that. I also started following some other people that are teaching people Portuguese on TikTok. Um, all of these different things. Um, speaking on TikTok, just a random side note. Has anybody else gotten lost in North Sea TikTok? And what is happening over there? Because that sea is crazy. It's insane. But um, I digress. If you haven't seen it, check it out. Um, I watch those videos and I'm like, I hope the people on this boat are okay, Lord, because that is terrifying. Um, still want to go on cruises, though. I mean, as far as I know, there's no cruises in the North Sea. So... <laughs> I think I'm safe if I did go on a cruise. Um, but nonetheless, like I said, I digress. I digress. Um, so yes, Portuguese, uh, I'm focusing on finally learning guitar. So eventually the intro to Keto and Christ you'll hear, um, will be a little bit of a guitar riff by me. Um, hopefully I don't know when, but my first guitar lesson is going to be this Saturday. So I'm focusing in on learning that the Portuguese. And I also decided that I wanted to learn tennis. I will keep you on updates on how that goes. Um, so far I found out all the information. Um, I just need people to play with, or I'm going to sign up for some courses at my old college, um, and, and see how those go. So those are kind of my, my goals for 2024 and where I am heading as far as the podcast. Um, we're going to continue doing, um, bi-weekly episodes, um, as well as mini episodes in between. So if you follow me on TikTok, 
um, you'll know that like every now and then I'll kind of have like these little Bible talks. Sometimes I'll be making coffee. Sometimes I'll just be in my office and I'll share a word or I'll be in the car or wherever. Um, when God speaks to my heart and puts something really deep on my heart, I'll hop on and I'll share it in kind of like a little mini five minute um, video. So those are going to start popping up on the podcast as well. Um, so you can listen to them without being on TikTok or YouTube. They'll be able to just be in audio. Um, so those are some things to look out for. Um, as well as, like I mentioned before, on the YouTube, seeing more of those recipe videos and different ways that I'm trying to keep consistently on track. Um, as always, I want you to know that this channel is always open to anybody who needs to talk. I know that I've had people reach out on my Instagram and TikTok before for prayer. Um, your prayer requests are so um, valuable to me. I bring them before the Lord and I continue to bring them before the Lord um, even, even long after we've spoken about it. Um, because I do believe that there is power in God's people coming to prayer before him for each other. So, um, you know, if this is your first time listening and you haven't been here before and, you know, this whole Jesus thing, you're hearing me talk about him and you're hearing, um, about what it's like to live in relationship with him. Cause I feel like that's what this episode was, um, mostly about today was my relationship with Jesus and how I <laughs> interact with him, um, on a daily basis. And you, you're thinking, you know, I want that type of relationship with God. I want to be able to speak to him. The beautiful good news about Jesus is that you could speak to him right now. You could reach out to God, you know, um, as I mentioned earlier from the creation of time, uh, God has cared and loved about his creation. He made us and he called us good and sin entered the world and it drew us away from God. It caused so much separation from us being able to be in his presence. You know, Adam and Eve were in the garden. They were walking with God and then sin entered in and suddenly there's this huge gap now in between us and our ability to live in his presence. And God saw that and he had a desire to mend that relationship with us. And so he sent Jesus to be a spotless lamb, to be the, the spotless sacrifice needed to be able to cover the sins of the whole entire world. Um, that through him, anyone who believes in Jesus and receives him and repents of their sins can be saved and be brought into relationship with God and be able to live and dwell in his presence because the Holy Spirit then comes and resides inside of you. And it's just so beautiful to me this, this story of salvation, this story of the gospel and how God comes and does life with us once we open up and allow him to, once we believe in him, once we entrust ourselves to him. And if you haven't made that decision yet, you could always make that decision right where you're sitting right now. You could go before God and tell him. Um, the Bible says in Romans, I'm going to say 10-9, but it might be 9-10. It might be a different book. I know it's in Romans though, that if we confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord and believe in our hearts, we shall be saved. Um, so you could do that right where you are. If you know who he is, if you believe that he died for your sins, you could say, Lord, I believe, I believe you died for my sins. I repent of my sins and I ask you to come and be in my heart 
and help me to walk out of life with you and you shall be saved. Um, it doesn't need to be a big show. It doesn't need to be around anyone. Um, but if you do pray that prayer, if you do ask him to come into your heart today, um, reach out, connect with a body of believers around you. You could always reach out to me at keto.end.christ at gmail.com. I would love to pray for you and even help you to find a church in your local community um, if you know, you're having trouble finding that for yourself. So I love you. Uh, I'm praying for you. And I am so thankful to God for this opportunity to be here before you today. Um, have a great day. God bless you. And I will talk to you soon.